Well, hi, everybody. Thanks for tuning into the Centerpoint Podcast. My name's Billy. And I'm Lowell. And we're glad that you're spending time with us uh, via whatever media outlet you are listening to us in, whether it be on YouTube, Facebook, whether it be in iTunes. We're thankful that you're spending a little bit of time with us as we jump into God's Word. Now, we have had to take a little bit of a break just because we can't meet at WRNR. They have an excellent sound studio, but we unfortunately couldn't meet there because... COVID. Yeah, the COVID-19 issue crisis. But we thankfully have reset a new area for us to be able to record, and hopefully it's coming on, coming to you clear and you can hear exactly what we're saying but I don't know about you but I'm excited to be back I've really missed it yeah I have too and it's good to be able to hang out with you even though we don't have Matt Miller on the other side uh, crunching all the turning all the knobs and numbers but actually we're doing that now you're doing the sound and I'm doing a little bit of the recording and uh, we'll so muddle through that's for sure we'll make it happen we'll make and it what's happen. amazing about this is you might be listening and you're saying wait a minute I thought I just listened to last week's, you know, five minutes ago. That's that's the amazing thing about, you know, the whole World Wide Web. Mm-hmm. But it's been several weeks since we uh, have been able to record, but we're back now. And we're, we're focusing on the final week of Jesus. And even that is a misnomer. There is no final week of Jesus. He is the beginning and the end, the Alpha and the Omega. But when we say the final week of Jesus, we're referring to the final week of his earthly ministry. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And we have already uh, walked through, let's see, where do we start? Sunday, right? Sunday with a a triumphal entry. Mm -hmm. And then we went to Monday. And then Tuesday. Which, and on Tuesday, if you recall, that's when Jesus was in what we called the showdown in the OK Temple. Um, that <laughs> was right. Matthew 23 and 24, which is a great deal of confrontation between Jesus and the Pharisees. Right. He spent all his time teaching normally, but then at that moment, it seemed to those, the, that day, he turned his attention to the Pharisees and he just answered them directly and uh, really got their dander up, and uh, more so than it already was. And we'll find out exactly what happens uh, because of that. Yep. Here so, shortly. so as we have already said, our break was caused by the COVID nineteen crisis here in the United States of America and across the world. People and stocking up on bacon and bread and toilet paper and when I wait and red box minute, movies wait minute, wait, and wait, wait, preparing wait. for the final back up. You, you stocked up on COVID. bacon. Didn't everybody? <laughs> didn't everybody stock up on bacon? I thought that was no, one of the first I, things to go. I don't. I don't think it was bacon. I've got so much bacon. <laughs> I mean, we are, everything's wrapped in bacon right now. So. <laughs> it does help. It, Care for some cereal? Does, yeah. <laughs> a spoonful of bacon makes the medicine Yes, exactly down. right. Yeah, you know, yeah. eating cereal and bacon crumbles <laughs> in it, you know, bacon bits. <laughs> so we're back now, and um, where, we're, where we're landing is at the end of chapter 23, after this confrontation Jesus had with the disciples, um, Jesus begins to prepare them for what is coming. Mm-hmm. He's, he's been with his disciples for, for years, but they just don't seem to get it. Mm-hmm. They, they will not accept. They're in a state of denial over what he has told them. I mean, repeatedly, Jesus has told the disciples that there's coming a time when he is going to leave them. He's going to be betrayed, and he's, he's going to be turned over to the leaders of that day. In this section, although we're referencing it as Wednesday, this section really is more of like a Tuesday night 
uh, into roughly Thursday. And just to give a little bit of clarifier, we're referencing it as Wednesday, but if you understand how the Jewish tradition, a Jewish time frame works, on Tuesday evening at 6 p.m. on, our Tuesday evening, 6 p.m., would really begin kind of their Wednesday. So uh, as we read these uh, passages and these sections of Jesus in the last week, we see that there might be, it seems as if there's a little bit of, uh, of overlap that we might be discussing, but really it's just our different way of telling time versus the Jewish way of telling time. So, and that shouldn't confuse us. I mean, it's not, and it's not right, as important it whether it happened exactly. on Wednesday or Thursday or, or Tuesday or whatever. Uh, what, what we're focusing on is what Jesus had to say. Yeah, transition from the Pharisees. And now, as you said, Pastor Lowell, he's kind of preparing the disciples, and he starts hitting them with a lot of information, trying to, trying to like, it's a little bit like the last bit of information he's sharing, he's dumping it into their lives before his death, burial, and resurrection. Well, let's jump into what we're calling Wednesday. So at the at the end of chapter 23, Jesus here says, and this is, this is familiar. Matthew? Yes, Matthew? Mm-hmm. yes, Matthew 23. Jesus here um, laments over the rejection that he has experienced by the Jewish leaders. He says, "Oh Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the city that kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to it, how often I would have gathered your children together as a hen gathers her brood under her wings, and you would not. So this is mm-hmm. kind of a, this is almost a final rejection. Jesus has, has made an offer to the Jews. They've rejected him. And so now he's going to start explaining to his disciples. He's, he wants to prepare them for what's coming. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He's been telling them, I'm going to be betrayed, I'm going to be arrested, I'm going to be tortured, I'm going to die, I'm going to resurrect, but they don't get it. And so he's now within a matter of hours, um, maybe more accurate to say a couple days, before his death, and so he's trying to prepare them for what's coming. Right. In this section of Scripture, people call it the Olivet Discourse. It's really... Olivet meaning like an olive grove and discourse just as a teaching. The Mount of Olives, this is what he taught. Right. Yeah. And so this goes on for a few chapters where he, again, uh, turns from the Pharisees, references what you just said in Matthew 23, and then he starts speaking wisdom to the disciples. Mm-hmm. So he tells them, I'm going to leave. He lets them know, I'm, I'm going to be turned over and... and I'm going to give up my life. And he lets them know that, that you will not see me again until I come. Okay, he's telling them, I'm going to come mm-hmm. again in glory. And they immediately begin to ask a question. And it's a question that we still kind of wonder about today. Let me read to you how, they, how, how it came up in Jesus' conversation here. Um, as he sat on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him and privately... So they pull Jesus off to his side. They've got this special relationship with Jesus, right? These 12 disciples in Matthew 24, 3, it says that they pulled him aside privately. Mm-hmm. I can see him kind of, you know, they got their arm around Jesus' shoulder, like, hey, hey, psst, psst, come here, come here. Tell us, when will these things be? And what will be the sign of your coming and of the close of the age? Tell us, Jesus, tell us. Mm-hmm. You know, we are so, that is so like us, isn't it? 
Well, we, we always want to know. We want to know what's happening at the end. We want the end point to have we, it to Well, be we want to know a next. Right. We want to know what's, what's next and where is this all going? If I could just know the future, Jesus, just tell us when this is going to happen. Well, it's just like what we're going through right now with the, the COVID-19 is we want to know what's happening. And I think a lot of people feel a little bit lost because we don't know what the next steps are, what's going to happen with our country, this, that, and the other. So there's a little bit of anxiety, and we are, we are creatures of wanting to know, wanting to know all the information so that we can feel a little bit more settled, uh, I don't know, so that we can feel more comfortable about ourselves. Well, and even stretch that out, I've got people asking me, they're, they're, I've, had, I've gotten text messages, private conversations, people have asked me, Pastor Lowe, do, do you think that Jesus is getting ready to come back? Is that what all this is? Mm. Is this... Is this God setting up the world for him to return? Do you think that's what it is? Hmm. It's a question that we, mm-hmm. we naturally ask. Mm-hmm. And I'm using that word naturally on purpose. The natural man, the human, the human fleshly part of us wants to know, is this the moment when Jesus is going to come back? And I think Jesus' answer to their question is is very important. Um, you know, they want to know: is this is this the moment? Tell us: is this is this when? What's going to be the sign of of your coming? And Jesus said, "See that no one leads you astray. Many are coming in my name, and they're gonna they're gonna try to tell you that this is it. But what Jesus lets them know is it's not really for them to know. Mm-hmm. Look at look at verse number thirty six. He answers that question that we commonly ask in Matthew 24, 36. He said, concerning that day and hour, no one knows, not even the angels of heaven, nor the Son, but the Father only. Now, that's striking, isn't it? Mm-hmm. This is something that Jesus, at this moment in time, in Matthew 24, 36, at that moment in time, Jesus did not know when the end of sort of life as we know it, the the hour, he calls it, he didn't know when it was coming. That's kind of speaks to Mm -hmm. his humanity and what he laid aside to become human. He said, only the Father knows. So what we see here is the question of when, it's not for us to know. It's not for us to know when Jesus is coming Mm -hmm. back. Well, they have the they have the what would happen, even immediately. They knew what what was going to happen because Jesus was explaining this to them, even uh, beforehand. He was trying to be as plain as possible. You know, in his ministry, he was saying things in parables so that those that with ears would understand, and those without the ears to hear would not understand. But when he speaks with the disciples, he says specifically, "This is going to happen." And I believe it's in Matthew 20, verses 17 to 19. I don't know if you have that, Pastor Lowell, yeah. if you could read that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what, and, and you're saying that this is what for us as it relates well, to where we're at? There, you know, the question you asked was, when, when, when? When's all this going to take place, and this, that, and the other? And Jesus says, you know, it's not, you're not to know this. But yeah, he, he said, does okay. give them plenty of other information. See, we, we take the information that we have, and we think, okay, that's fine, but I need to know the things... I need to know other things. I need to get all the whole entire picture so that I can feel comfortable with myself. But Jesus gives them 
the, what they need to know. Yeah, because he says, we're going to Jerusalem, and the Son of Man will be delivered over to the chief priests and the scribes, and they will condemn him to death and deliver him over to the Gentiles to be mocked and flogged and crucified, and he'll be raised on the third day. That's Matthew 20. Yeah, and he's, he's saying specifically, this is what's going to happen. He knew this was, well, this is what was going to happen. And then they move on beyond that to, well, when, when is, when, 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 right. when's all, when's all this going to be uh, taken care of? When are we going to be taken care of? Mm-hmm. So there, the question is, well, obviously it's, it's when, and he says it in, what is it? Matthew 24, yeah. verse 36. Not for you to know. What? what yeah. He, he doesn't even know. It does. It, that's, that's almost irrelevant. Yeah. Yeah. Now he does tell them something that I think is important. And that's in chapter 25, a little bit later. So this, this whole Olivet Discourse, is, it's several chapters of Scripture. And in 2531, he does tell them this, When the Son of Man comes in his glory, and all the angels with him, then he will sit on his glorious throne. Mm-hmm. So he tells them what's going to happen. They want to know when. And he says, I'm not, it's not for you to know when, but let me tell you what. When it when the day comes, when the hour comes, I will reign mm-hmm. on the throne. And how important that is for them to know that. Yeah, it is indeed. Because they they're gonna see imagine what they're gonna see over the next twenty four to forty eight hours. Yeah. I mean it's gonna it's definitely gonna shake them to the core. And it did, as we know, it did shake them to their very core. Uh well, let's take a break for for a moment here, and when we come back we will discuss uh, exactly what he means by victorious and why he doesn't tell us things and why he does tell us certain things and how can we respond due to that. So we'll be back in a moment and be able to keep on chatting about the Wednesday of the week, the last week of Jesus. Okay, everybody. Well, we're back. Thanks for staying with us. And uh, we're talking about Jesus on really roughly around Wednesday of the last week of his physical earthly ministry where he was walking on the earth. And we are at the point where he is trying to prepare the disciples for what is to come, even in the immediate and in the future. And they obviously, like us, naturally have a bunch of questions and want to know answers. And Jesus kind of sets that aside, and he gives them what they need to know, not what they might fleshly want to know. And that's it's interesting how we always want to know the end point in life. Yeah, it really is. I just saw uh, a news report this morning talking about what people are doing as they are quarantined. Mm-hmm. Most of it was not very positive, um, as a matter of fact, I won't even go into all the things they were referencing. Okay. But, but for instance, we're eating worse. Oh yes. Um, alcohol use is up. Okay. Uh, exercise is down. Um, but one of the things they did comment about is Netflix and Netflix, that is, and other streaming services are just totally out of control. I mean, people are basically sitting in their living room watching TV. Is is what we're hmm. what we're doing. Um, and you know, yeah, I mean, there's I, what I, else you gonna do? Yeah, sitting around in the evening and you're stuck at home, and what's there to do but just sit, not move around, eat a bunch of lard, and <laughs> watch TV. So, what struck me about all of this is 
the directors or writers, whoever it is that writes these programs, okay. these you know, one-hour episodes, mm-hmm. they are masters of one thing. Well, many things, but one thing has really struck me, and that is the cliffhanger moment. Oh, yeah. You get to the end of the episode. I mean, they are so good at just putting out this thing at the end, and you want to know, oh, what's she going to do? What's he going to do? Right. And then the episode ends. Mm-hmm. And it says, next episode will start in 10 seconds or whatever it is. And they don't really give you time to really think about anything else. No. Because, uh, you know, well, should we watch as he goes? I don't know. Should we watch And boom, it's on. <laughs> oh, well, I guess we'll just watch in the next one. <laughs> <laughs> binge, binge, binge. Yeah. You know? Why is it that that our that they've zeroed in on something that is so typical for the American for the that was my phone sorry about that typical for the American or, or really for humanity that we want to know what's going on at the end and we want to know what's next mm-hmm. and it's just like the disciples here they are they they want to know Jesus tell us what's going to happen and he doesn't he, matter of fact, he tells them it's not, it's not for you to even know. No one knows but the Father in his sovereign plan. Now, Jesus did tell them a lot, and we have we kind of skipped over this, but if you read through 24, 25, into 26, and the parallel passages located in Mark and Luke and even some in John, I mean, Jesus tells them a lot. You know, in John 14, he tells them, I'm going to prepare a place for you. I'm going to bring you to be with me. Okay, and in Matthew 24, Jesus talks about, I mean, here's the kind of things that come up. And we're not going to take time right now to really uh, fully explain these. Yeah, if we did that, that would be a huge, it would be a podcast series. Yeah, I mean, there's coming a time at Centerpoint, Lord willing, in the future, because I'm preaching, trying to preach through the Gospel of Matthew right now. We're going to come to 25, and we're going to deal with 24 through 26. Right, we're right. going to get there. But he talks about things like the tribulation, the great tribulation, the abomination of desolation, the Antichrist. He references his second coming and the details related to that, and how man will be judged, and how Jesus will win. I mean, all these things are there. And those are everything you just said. Each one of those is a huge topic. Yeah, it's called eschatology, mm-hmm. the doctrine of end things, mm-hmm. and Jesus here describes it. But but just that's not really our point right now. No, no. What we're looking at is his last week, right? And what Jesus here is telling them in his la- this Wednesday of his last week is, fellas, disciples, men and women who are following me, you're going to see your Savior, your King betrayed, killed, tortured, buried. But I want you to know, I'm coming again. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be victorious. And they want to know when, but he won't. He doesn't tell them when. And that brings up a question that it's hard to really answer. It's kind of a it's almost a question of immaturity <laughs> in a way, but we, want to, we do want to talk about it. My, my kids, when I, would, when I would tell them to do something or not to do something, it was characteristic of them and their immaturity to always ask why, mm-hmm. right? It's a question that we, we... Or what will I get for it? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, the, you know, why or why not? Why can't I ride my bike there? Or why not, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And, but, so I do want us to kind of wrestle with that a little bit, but we need to understand that that we are, we're now stretching into our, our sanctified imagination. 
um, we want to try to even just touch on why God is doing something, which is a little dangerous mm-hmm. because His thoughts are not our thoughts. Right, right. His ways are not our ways. But, but let's scratch the surface a little bit of why not tell us the time? Why not tell us when these things are going to happen? Mm-hmm. I mean, God, God the Father knew at this moment well, I mean, I think of when you gave the illustration of with your kids, and there's times where can I ride my bike to this place? And no. you say no, and they say why? Well, it you can give them some basic information, right? But you can. It's not like you're going to sit down and have this whole huge reasoning thought process behind it because number one, they might not even understand. Well, why, and really, why, and- but. You, but it's you are the father, and right. you know what is best for them. And doesn't it come down to the reason why they're asking? It comes down to the reason yeah, why they're I, asking. I agree with that. If they if they say, "Why can't I walk on this you know thin piece of ice?" If I explain to my kids, "Well, if you fall through, you'll be really really cold." So that's you know it comes down to the reason. So let's so let's ask why, but not for the reason of you know why won't you God you know why won't you tell us, but more. What are we to learn from this? Mm-hmm. Okay, so let's just think about it. I mean, what if he did tell us? What if he did? If he told us when he would, when he was going to return, what would be the damage of that? Just think about. You know, we we are pretty right. good students of human humanity. Why? Because we're human. We know what we're like. If we knew when Jesus was going to return, well, it would change. For, I guess. Honestly, it would change how we do everything. It would, for me, let's just say uh, Jesus said, you know, in a hundred years, then I would... Well, before you go there... Okay, go. What if he told you in five days? Well, if he told me in five days... What if he said in five days, Pastor Billy... Well, he he would call you pastor, sure. I guess, Pastor Billy, in five days, I'm coming back. What would you, what would you live like for well, those five I days? I would make sure I got an immediate like loan. I take my home equity line out. You and get, would not. Well, here's why, and here's why I would do it <laughs> because I would take that. I would do my best to take everything that I had and just blow it all and try to let everybody know that Jesus is coming back in five days. Whether it be taking a billboard out or go, you know, don't take a home equity loan because that would be a debt that you're not going to pay back. Don't do that. Well, uh, he comes back in five days. (laughs) (laughs) But But I I would do do everything in my power. I would feel as if the alarm bells, the fire is coming. I need to just like, like Paul Revere's ride, run through the town and just proclaim it as much as possible because there's not a second to lose. Please turn to Jesus. I would go to my neighbor's house and knock on the door. Yeah, yeah. And say, can I tell you what's getting ready to happen? Right. You know, we would, so we would be burdened for people in our lives. We would, I, would, I would call my family members who don't know Jesus yet and tell them they need to turn to Christ. We, right. would, we would live as if Jesus were coming back at any moment. Mm-hmm. <laughs> wow, that's kind of like how we should live. Now... Let's suppose he told you I'm coming back in a hundred years. Well, that's different. That's then, different. Then I probably would be much more relaxed and less 
uh, uh, feeling less urgency. Well, you're, you're not going to live a hundred years. You're what forty some. So you're not going to be. To, you're not going to live to be one hundred forty. You're going to die before it comes back. So yeah, you'd mean, probably, I mean, gather things up for yourself and that's exactly improve right. your house and your four hundred one k and you know you would live all for this world because you're going to live to be one hundred and thirty five years old and then you're going to die shortly after that. Jesus is going to come back and so, so and some people might take a different view, might take a different take, but hopefully you understand where we're where we're getting at here is that if we did know these things, it would change how we how we live. It would change how we approached God's Word. It would change how we approach the urgency of, of the reality of the gospel message. It would have some sort of fleshly, as you said earlier, a natural tendency, a fleshly tendency might creep in if we knew this, and then it would actually take our mind off of what is happening and put it onto ourselves. And that's I exa- feel. Yeah. I feel as if it would. And Jesus knew this about us. And so in the midst of this Olivet Discourse, he told two parables that made this point. You find them in Matthew 25. The, the first one usually is called the parable of the ten virgins. Mm-hmm. And these are... He uses this example of these these ten women who didn't know when their husband was going to come back, and most of them did nothing to prepare for that. Okay, mm-hmm. they did not prepare for it, and they regretted it. And then he told the parable of the talents, and this is where he gives these three servants a task to do, and then he goes away. He he leaves and says, "You carry through with my business," and. Two of them actually do what the servant, what the master would want them to do. Mm-hmm. And one of them is like, nah, I'm not worried about it. And that one, Jesus in the parable calls them out. And, and really, I mean, he actually takes from them and sends that servant to hell is what he actually does. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's pretty shocking mm-hmm. the way that, that the master responds to this wicked servant. So Jesus reveals if we aren't living in a way that thinks, that, that reveals that we believe that Jesus is going to return at any time. We get lazy, selfish. We, we focus on just what we want. Our flesh takes over, mm-hmm. and we just want to feed it. Mm-hmm. But if we are living in a way that understands that Jesus could come back at any moment, we reflect our Heavenly Father who's not willing that any would perish, but that all would come to repentance. So if we try to delve into the question of why not tell us, I believe it's because the Father knows our nature. Mm -hmm. And if we knew, we would not live on purpose. You know, some people might think that's not fair, but it's right. You know, God knows what is best for us. God knows what we need to live in this present age to serve Him best. You said God knows what's best for us, and I want to I make something real clear. He not only knows what's best for us as, in, like, as low as a follower of Jesus, mm-hmm. I think maybe a better application of that statement is He knows what's better for us, meaning humans. Mm-hmm. God is not willing that any would perish. 
And the way that God reaches people is by sending people who will, quote, preach the gospel. The, pe- the people around us need to hear the truth. Mm-hmm. He knows what's better for us, meaning humanity, meaning the street that you live on, the workplace where you go, the school where you, where you attend. Mm-hmm. He knows what's better for us, humanity. And if the believers knew when he would come back, they would do the same thing that James and John did. You remember James and oh, John? Oh gosh, yeah, that's a um, what did they? What Matthew were they 20. worried about? Well, they were care. They all they cared about. Well, at that in that moment yeah, in that right. passage, they were concerned about where their what their position would be after he sits on the throne. So Jesus said, "I'm coming back," and they were like, "Oh, really? Really? Can I be first? Can I be first? Mm-hmm. And Jesus is like, "Fellas, whoa, 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 mm-hmm. just relax." There's a world. I'm majorly paraphrasing here, right. but there is a world to reach. Mm-hmm. It's not about that. It's about you being my disciples, my representatives, maybe my ambassadors mm-hmm. on the earth, because you don't know when Jesus is going to come back. Mm-hmm. So how do we, uh, just kind of to wrap this up a little bit, so what do you feel, Lowell, is, obviously we can recap what you feel the main point is of, the, of these passages, these, these chapters, but also what can people take with them as they move throughout their day in light of what we're learning about the Wednesday of the Passover week. So I think what Jesus is trying to say to them is it's Wednesday, and things are, things are fixing to get real, real nasty, mm-hmm. is what Jesus is saying. I'm, I'm going to go through, Friday is coming, and it's going to be horrible. I mean, it's, it's so bad that we create a word to express what Jesus is going to go through excruciating, out of the cross. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's an invented word to express what Jesus is going to experience. And his followers are going to be turned over because of this. And Jesus is trying to say to them, listen, what you're going to see is on purpose. It's God's plan. But let me tell you about the, the later plan is I'm going to return in all of my glory. So mm-hmm. don't worry don't stress about what you're going through. Mm-hmm. And I think the application is that exactly. Don't stress about what you're going through. You know, we watch the news, we see the, the COVID-19 crisis, and everybody's just throwing up their hands like, oh, what's going to happen? You know, what's going to happen to us? What's going to happen to my kids? What's going to happen to my house, to my mortgage, to my job? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Jesus' words are the same. Mm-hmm. He's going to return in glory. And when he does, this life is a... That was a snap of my fingers. My 75, 85, 95, 105 years is nothing in light of eternity. Mm -hmm. And it's going to... When Jesus returns, all this is is just going to be put right in its proper perspective. Hmm. Well, uh, I think of... A guy that I know, I, I love him deeply, his name's Woody Beto, and a few years ago he found out that he had Parkinson's disease. And he let me know about it, and I, and I said, oh my goodness, Woody, I'm so, oh, oh, are you okay? Oh, and he said, I, I'm, I'm fine. I mean, obviously God allowed me to go through this, and that doesn't change who I am, because I'm a, a servant of Jesus, I'm going to tell people about Jesus. It just happens that I'm going to do that, and I have Parkinson's. 
So just because we have things that go on in our life does, should not derail us from our purpose in life, and that's to get the good news of Jesus Christ to everyone that we come into contact with. It motivates our purpose. It should indeed. It should indeed. And to remember, as you said, Jesus' point is, hey, things might get rough, but I am the victor. I am the victor. Well, thanks for tuning in and spending a little bit of time with us. Uh, I don't know. I really don't even know exactly how much time we we took, but hopefully uh, you weren't too busy to be able to listen to us uh, chat about what's going on Wednesday of the Passover week. And we'll be back and let you know about Wednesday slash Thursday and all that is coming in the life of Jesus. But in the meantime, just go out there and do your best to be like Jesus and share the love of Jesus with everyone that you know. And remember that we're nothing fancy at Centerpoint Bible Church, but we strive to be real, just like Jesus is. Thanks so much. Thanks so much.